Why is Tel Aviv called Tel Aviv? Because it's Tel Aviv, he said. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. <laughs> so a tell is something for which there is no, as far as I know, no English equivalent. Those of you that have been to Israel have certainly seen a tell, even if you weren't aware or don't remember what it is. A tell is basically a mound where there was a civilization, then there was another one built on top of it because people are lazy and they don't want to clean everything out, so they just build on top, and on top, and on top, and on top, and you have these mounds, and when archaeologists dig down, they dig down the tell through one civilization and another and another and another, each one deeper than the one on top of it. Aviv is the Hebrew word for spring. So Tel Aviv is the old and the new, because spring is about renewal. And it was deliberate, that name, obviously, because Israel wanted to signal to the world that there was this ancient tie, but also it was a modern country. I bring this up because we just returned from a trip to Israel, most of the time was spent in Tel Aviv. And that was deliberate, because the trip was designed the same way as this sermon is designed. And I'll explain to you what I mean. Most sermons about Israel, most speeches about Israel, are either about the ancient tie to the land and the way Israel is significant for Jewish history and Jewish tradition. That's one category. And the other category involves some sort of threat, right? The political situation, anti-Semitism, the surrounding countries, the threat, and those are basically the two categories in which we mostly see Israel. For good reason, by the way. I'm not saying you shouldn't have those sermons and those trips where you go to the border and you spend a lot of time in Jerusalem, and you see the history, and you see the political situation, and you have government officials come and tell you things that they claim they never tell any other group, but they'll tell you. But in fact, they'll say that to the group that comes right after. All that is fine. But think about it this way. People live their day to day and they don't live in antiquity and they don't live in a political situation. And the question is, what's that Israel like? So we took a trip that concentrated on food, on wine, on art, and a little bit on culture. So we went to see the graffiti artists in Florentine in Tel Aviv. Now, I've never had somebody say to me, oh, you should really travel to Israel and see the graffiti. But the truth is, the graffiti there is pretty amazing. And we went to the Tel Aviv Museum, and we saw the is exhibit of Israeli art. And our guide told us something fascinating, which is the exhibit of Israeli art is divided up into earth, air, water, and fire. And he said the reason was that the curator, the person who put that exhibit together, didn't want the art 
to serve a narrative about Jewish history. So they didn't go from ancient times to modern times. He, they, she wanted the art to stand on its own so that you wouldn't walk in and say, okay, so this is from this period or this is about this subject in history or instead it was just art. When we went to Castell Winery and looked out over the Judean Hills, nobody told us about the historical significance of the Judean Hills. They only told us about the wine, which was pretty good, by the way. I have to say, in all the strides that Israel has made, the greatest strides have been in kosher wine. Because kosher wine, when I was growing up, well, <laughs> was sweeter than grape juice. I'll just say that. Now there's lots of varieties and lots of producers, some of them very small. We went in the Shuk to this craft beer place that has over 200 varieties of beer. We went to a whiskey bar and museum where there's a wall about as big as that wall that is just covered with bottles of whiskey from all over the world. And so there is this other Israel that we don't generally talk about. But you know, in this morning's Parsha, Isaac, Yitzchak, is the only patriarch who never leaves the land. He always stays in Israel his entire life. And you have to think that if you stay in a land your entire life, you do a lot of normal living. You don't only live in a political situation or a historical situation. So, we had a wonderful presentation by a rabbinical student with the fabulous name of Nisimi Naim Naor about Jewish food. And the truth is, I don't mean to burst anyone's bubble, but there really is no Jewish food. There's Middle Eastern food that Jews eat as Jewish food, and there's Eastern European food that Jews eat as Jewish food. But there's no food that's specifically Jewish food. This morning in the Torah portion, we have lentil stew. Maybe that, because Yaakov made it, can be called Jewish food. But despite the fact that there is no specifically Jewish food, because you always make food from the produce of the land in which you live, right? And Jews lived everywhere. Nonetheless, some of the best restaurants in the world are in Tel Aviv, and a little bit in Jerusalem too, but more Tel Aviv. And some of the best chefs in the world come out of Israel, including the top-rated restaurant in the United States in Philadelphia, which is Michael Salamana, I believe is his name, an Israeli chef. And so to go to Israel to have food and wine and see art sounds to most of us like, that's, isn't that why you go to Italy? Right? Why would you go to Israel to do that? But you can, and it's wonderful. And you realize that when you're outside of a place, only the drama of the place is apparent to you. So if something terrible happens in Israel, we hear about it. But if somebody makes a great wine, probably goes right by you. And yet, if you want to have a vacation, just to have a vacation, you can also go to Israel. Not only, by the way, are the streets safe, and honestly, though I hate 
to put it in this context, safer than American cities of the same size by far. But also, the people are really interesting and very varied and come from all over the world and speak a zillion different languages and have all sorts of different kinds of initiatives and stores and you can go to Israel even for shopping. In other words, we should feel enormous pride and curiosity about the Israel that Israelis have created. Because when you go to that art exhibit, and it's about earth, air, fire, and water, nonetheless, in every picture, you get the resonance of Jewish history. So even when involved in something as non-necessarily religious as winemaking or food or art, it's still soaked in the ambiance of the Jewish land and the Jewish people. But next time you see news about Israel and you think that that's what Israel is, please remember that there are millions of people there who are occupied with the same things that people here are occupied with. That it's a country of everydayness, not only a country of history and crisis. And that what they're doing in business, in startups, but also in food, in wine, in art, in poetry, in literature, is really remarkable and beautiful. Our story isn't one story. Our story is many, many, many stories. And it's told through all the different ways that human beings tell their story. You know that part of the story that you tell is through food, right? This is what my grandmother made. So it's part of my family story. Part of it is through art. This is how we represent ourselves in the world or our ideas in the world. Part of it is through music. And Israeli pop music does not sound like the music you heard this morning. Check it out, you'll see. It sounds like pop music or rock music or rap music or hip hop, but in Hebrew. And that actually was one of the most interesting moments of the trip, was we were walking by a church and someone said, what language do they speak in that church? And our guide said, Hebrew, because it's Israel. And the people in that church are Israelis, so they speak Hebrew. And it expanded immediately. I could see that person's conception of what this country was, of how various it is, how interesting, how full of life. So. I'm not gonna only encourage you to go to Israel because of all the other reasons that you always get to go to Israel. I'm gonna encourage you to go there and see the graffiti and drink the wine and eat the wonderful food and see an Israel that Israelis have created, which is a remarkable and wonderful and living and a beautiful place and a place that you'll wanna go back to again and again and again. And who knows, maybe even at some point, try living there. 
Shabbat Shalom.